Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Now, part two of my special interview with Rudy Giuliani. We get into the grand jury stuff that he just had to do. Mar-a-Lago in earnest. Also, how do you solve crime in a city where the mayor and the DAs don't get along? Part two now. My special interview with Rudy Giuliani on the Joe Pag Show. I can't let you go before we talk about our great city, New York. Uh, we're seeing carjackings every day. We're seeing murders every day. We're seeing lawlessness in the streets. And, and the most important thing Eric Adams had to say yesterday, uh, Rudy, was cops need to stop talking to each other and congregating. I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, if I see a show of force, if I, if I see police congregating, talking, doing the beat, um, whatever they're doing, if there's a presence and I'm a criminal, I'm not going to commit the crime. What is? He, did you see that he said that yesterday, first of all? And secondly, why is he attacking police when his city is out of control when it comes to crime? Well, I mean, it shows a total misunderstanding of leadership. I mean, this man shouldn't be a, a police commissioner, a mayor, a lieutenant in the Marines. I mean, you don't destroy your men's morale. Uh, first of all, most of the time when they're talking like that, they're checking on perps, they're saying, that's what they're there for. Yes. I mean, this, 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 this is assuming they're a bunch of, he has a bunch of teenagers. Imagine how they feel. But, and, and, and if every once in a while they want to have a, a relaxing conversation for a minute or two, far better they have it on the street where people see them. Yes. And therefore realize we have a police presence. I mean, who doesn't at work say, gee, that was a great game last night between the Mets and the Yankees. Or, yeah. Do you think the Jets are going to have a good team this year? I know cops, they don't spend most of their time doing that. They're too busy. First of all, when they're standing out there nowadays, everyone thinks they're going to get shot in the back. Right. I mean, every single one of them is there because you don't want to, honestly, you don't want to be alone. You you see what happens to a cop alone. Five people get on him. You need two other cops to protect you now. Yes. You can't use your gun. You can't touch anybody. Right. You know, one of the reasons the cops are having a hard time, people think, oh, they're not strong or not. They're not allowed to touch you between here and here. They can't punch you. I had an uncle who was the most decorated police officer, except maybe for Bernie Carrick, three people down from the top of the Brooklyn Bridge, has two Navy awards. Great hero. My uncle had a knockout punch. All he had to do was blow it past you and you fell down. (laughs) He he was 6'4", but you can be 6'4 and not have a knockout punch. Right. This guy had, my father was a boxer. My father taught him how to box. And this guy could put you down with one punch. Nowadays, if he, he, when he, think of the people he didn't have to shoot because of that. Right. Well, th- now he would be taken up on charges. Well, Rudy, we, it was just a couple, of, a couple of years ago, we saw a couple of cops respond to a domestic uh, in some neighborhood in New York that, and, and the entire area starts dumping water on them. And they, they, they don't pull their guns. They don't arrest anybody. They just walk away with their tails between their legs. Why? Because there's no relationship with the mayor's office. They know nobody in the mayor's office has their back. How do you fix that? If, if you, somebody calls tomorrow and says, Rudy, you're the mayor of New York again. How do you fix that in a, in a speedy fashion? My first thing I did, like I, I had to do when I became mayor in, uh, in 1994, is I get in front of a police uh, graduating class. I broadcast it to the whole department, and I basically say the rules have now changed. You're my police officers. You're my eyes and ears. I'm going to reduce crime, and I'm only going to do it through you. So I have to have confidence in you. Don't don't betray me, and I'm going to have your back. And you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. If somebody alleges something about you, I am going to believe you. If there's proof you committed a crime, 
I've put 70 cops in jail. Yes. A couple of them for life. Right. I wouldn't hesitate to do that to you. I won't like it. And I don't think you're going to do it. But I'm with you until and unless there is proof to the contrary. And by the way, don't think I'm giving you a big break. Every damn criminal in society gets the benefit of the doubt. They're presumed innocent. Why are not cops presumed innocent? They're, they're not. And, and for some reason, the narrative in this country from the left, from people like de Blasio, from people like Eric Adams, uh, from, from people like our running cities like St. Louis, New Orleans, and, and Minneapolis, uh, these, these people hate the cops. And yet they complain when crime goes through the roof. They complain about 30% more homicides in New York. Or carjack. Curtis Lewa, our friend, told me, Joe, I can't remember when we had the last carjack in this city. Now it's every day. Yeah, do you know how much I reduced uh, uh, car theft? I don't in know. a year and a half? How much? Uh, 70% in a year and a half. Wow. 90% in four years. It was my most successful program. I even went to the insurance companies and fought for a reduction in insurance uh, uh, rates because so uh, a few cars were being stolen. Bloomberg continued it. I would say we eliminated car theft in New York. It was down by the time Bloomberg finished. I think the overall numbers are 90%. I could do it now Wow! in a month. If Adams would turn that over to me, let me do what I want. I would just have to take Brat and Bernie or, 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 uh, or uh, any one of my police, or any one of my uh, uh, police commissioners, or number two guys, we could get it done for them. It's an outside crime. Crimes that take place outdoors, good policing should be able to uh, handle. Howard Safer was the other police commissioner, and I can't tell on on auto theft. I can't tell who was the best. I have uh, most valuable players for different kinds of crime. <laughs> But um, Howard may have been, you know what Howard did? Howard had us seize the cars of drunk drivers, like Pelosi. And we did it because I consider drunk driving one of the worst offenses because you, you can avoid it. Yes. You, there are some, look, you get into some kind of fight that you have to defend yourself and you kill somebody by accident. You can't avoid that. It's terrible. It'd be right. under forever. But you can avoid Maybe you can't avoid a car accident, but you can avoid being drunk. Yes. So I wanted to make that. I also believed if you made the point to people, they stopped. We were dealing with fairly intelligent people where deterrence works, and it did. We see so many cars, Joe. We didn't have room for them after all. You get get Howard Safer on sometime, and he'll yeah. tell you. He came up with that program on his own. No, I, I would I would love to, but but the point that you made is something I've never thought about. Out in the open during the day, broad daylight crime is easily solved. If you see it, you stop it. The problem is but the, the police are told, don't don't be good police. Leave them alone. And then, Rudy, once you do arrest them, I wonder how closely did you work with the DAs? Because if you arrest somebody in Manhattan, the, the DA is going to say, no bail, have a nice day, slap on the wrist. And they're going to go back out and carjack the next car. It helped that I, I had been a DA and I had worked with them for years. Do you, do you work tightly with them, though, as the mayor? Oh, yeah. I, I, I was one of the first U.S. attorneys that brought assistant district attorneys into the U.S. attorney's office to help me prosecute joint state and federal cases. Nice. Some of them went on. One of them later became national security advisor to President Bush. I had a very close relationship with the DA's offices because I broke down the barrier. Yeah. 
I let them bring their cases into federal court and they would get the credit. When we did a press conference, the DA would get a chance to explain what great work they did because their feeling is the feds always take the credit. So I work for Ronald Reagan, who says you can accomplish anything if you're willing to share the credit. Right. So I went to see the DAs and I said, try me out on one case. If I screw you, don't work with me again. Yeah. And I became very good friends with Judge Brown, with Marola, with Johnson, and with Charlie Hines. You've, you've got Eric Adams, though, who is acting like he's against this guy in Manhattan. You, you, you don't have a, a governor that's going to fire the guy in Manhattan who refuses to enforce the law, refuses to, to give people the proper know, sentences and bail. I never had that problem. But, I did, had, did, I well, yeah, but you can't do it as the mayor, right? The, the governor has to suspend somebody well, or there fire There are him. things you can do. I never had to do it because I had five. You know, some were tougher than others and some were more like me and some were more Democrat, liberal, but they were all within the bounds. Right very professional prosecutors and honest. Uh, but I would have held back their money. You can do that I, as the I mayor. Guess the money gets appropriated, but it gets appropriated to the city council. I'd have found reason for holding back their money. Nice. I used to set up special programs for them. I'd take them away. Yeah, well, what is, it, what is to, this guy's name? This guy's name is Alvin Bratt, I think. So, so you've got Eric Adams, who has the ability, Rudy, to, to control his funding? He could probably reduce about 25% of the money going wow. to that office. That'll change his mind. Best programs. And if he's not funding them, then he really is a jerk. I mean, what you do is you go into DA's offices and you have uh, you have justice money and you say, well, let's say carjacking right now. Yeah. Uh, the city will give you extra money if you put together a carjacking task force. So they put together a carjacking task force. Now you want to discipline them. You take away the carjacking task force. Nice. Smart. No, I mean that's that's the way you have to do it. It really does come down to the purse strings. But this guy is convinced that he's not gonna he's not gonna put anybody in prison for more than twenty years. He said that even if you murder somebody, I'm not gonna e- even look for a yeah. life sentence anymore. And he's slapping people on the wrist and letting them go with no bail. Why would I if I'm a criminal and I'm getting away with it every day? Why do I stop? You don't. You say I'm, I, I at best I'm one day in jail. I get a nice rest. I'm back out making my money again. Some of them laugh at it. You've seen them on television laughing at it. Yes. You know, it, the, I did not have the problem of these runaway DAs. I had excellent, uh, excellent DAs. But the moment that letter came out, I knew exactly what Adams should do. Adams should have gone and visited with Hochul. Adams was very popular then. He isn't now. Right. And he should have said to her straight out, I don't endorse you unless you get rid of that bail thing. I'm going to be I'm going to pick a Republican. I'm going to get you out of that office. And it's not, I like you and we're Democrats, but the lives of my people are more important than Democrat Republican. I would have done that to a Republican who did that. Yes. I would have gone right to him and said, what are you crazy? And, and, and it would have worked. By, by the way, I'm going to make two segments out of this over two days, Rudy, because it's always amazing to have the time with you. I want to I want to finish up one last question. I want to circle back to Mar-a-Lago. And we talked about this last time. Um, it, it looks like we're going to get today, probably, or tomorrow, the redacted um, affidavit, which is, that's not transparent at all. Uh, if you've got a warrant that's signed by a guy that we know is compromised, he admitted his own bias, he recused himself from a recent suit from Trump to uh, on Hillary Clinton, um, this guy, Bruce Reinhardt, should not have been anywhere near this case. What do you hope that we'll find out in the affidavit? And, and are you hopeful or are you like me? Or are you skeptical that we're going to find anything out? I'm, I'm very skeptical. I mean, first of all, he's going to be trying to protect himself. Yes. As well as 
the uh, Justice Department. There's no way he should have taken this case. He had already announced two weeks earlier he was biased against Donald Trump. Yes. Who's this case about? Donald Trump. So what the heck is he doing with it? And now we're going to depend on him for a fair redaction? And if the thing shows there was no probable cause, he made a terrible mistake. And the whole case is out the window then. Well, 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 how about this? Merrick Garland leaked out that he did not know anything about this. And then when he went out and, and made his statement, he said that he personally signed off on it. Biden says he knew nothing about it. Karine Jean-Pierre says Biden knew nothing about it. Inside leaks now are saying, of course, Biden, you know, he gave the nod to this. They don't go and raid Trump's home unless Biden knows about it, right? 100%. There'd be no way uh, that uh, Biden... Whoever plays Biden didn't know about it. What I mean by that is we do have an unusual administration. Yes. If this were uh, Trump or if this were Obama or if this were Clinton or Bush, or of course they would have known about it. And uh, it also could be he was told about it, he doesn't remember. I mean, look, we're, not de- we're dealing with a deteriorating mind. Yes. Uh, the last two days, he, he sounded awful. So I don't know what he, but somebody at his level that protects them, maybe it's the chief of staff knew about it. Yeah, Ron Klein might be running the joint, but but in your heart of hearts, is it is it Obama running it? Is it Ron Klein? Is it Susan Rice? Think, Who do you think's I, running it? Pure guess, Joe. I think from afar, Obama runs it. Day to day, it's Klein, Rice, th- those people, depending on the, on the issue. It also occurs to me, he um, classified those documents did he ever read them? It's, it's a classify? great question. That's how, a, do, how do you classify something or declassify it if you don't know what's in it? it, it, it listen, so I can't. He's either lying. He's it, either lying about that. Right. Well, well, he didn't well, know it, about it. There's he good had to reason. know about it to make the classification decision. Well, no, he didn't. But, but, but as you said, Rudy, when he took office and he signed 41 executive orders, he literally didn't know what he was signing. I mean, he looked over at one point. He said, well, what, what do I do now? You know, he's he's not doing this. But these are, I mean, we're starting, some of those are important, but now we're starting to get to decisions of life and death. Yes. National security are decisions of life and death. I mean, people died in Afghanistan because he's demented. Yes. I mean, that's not right. <laughs> that sounds kind of silly to say that. Yeah. That's just not, just as a matter of morals, that's not right. Let me let me just finish on this, and I think that you gave me an answer last time, but I want the public to hear it again. Um, does this just get? Does this just go away? They have no case here, do they, Rudy? Yeah, this goes away. This this doesn't get uh, this doesn't get through. I mean, they sort of say they can do anything they want in the District of Columbia, but there is the D.C. Circuit, there is the Supreme Court, and this is pretty darn egregious. I mean, there's a darn good argument to be made that his possession of that as the Two law professors wrote in the Wall Street Journal the other day, it's completely illegal under the uh, Presidential Papers Act that was passed uh, the first year that Reagan was in office. I know it because I briefed him on it. Yes. And uh, those papers are jointly his. And there's no evidence he was doing anything irresponsible. He wasn't like uh, bleach bidding something or, or destroying them. 
when the FBI went to inspect, they said everything was in good order. Just a little more security. Right. And they put another padlock on it. And then they have a raid all of a sudden with 30 agents. Uh, Rudy, I can't thank you enough. Uh, oh, I can't uh, thank you uh, enough. I love you like crazy. Uh, thank you for coming thank back you. on today. I know how busy you are. I'm going to run this over two days because I think the public needs Please, to hear every word of you. it. And, I uh, and I look forward to seeing you very soon. Yeah, very soon. We're going to get together. Terrific. All right, brother. You're doing a great job, Mr. Pagliarolo. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mr. Giuliani. I appreciate that. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to, lots to lots to talk about. Another big hour coming your way. It'll be Dr. Robert Malone next hour. Dr. Malone is the um, inventor of mRNA technology. When you say that, social media will block you. They will demonetize you. The big media will lie and say that he's not. He's the guy that literally held the patents um, from 1989 on mRNA technology that's used in these shots. We talk about the Moderna versus Pfizer lawsuit. He's also suing for defamation, a big media outlet. He'll let you know what that is. It's a two-part series. We'll do one part today. Part two will be on Monday. You do not want to miss this interview. Now, some are asking me about, about Rudy Giuliani's voice. Well, we started the interview. It was going to be about 10, 15 minutes. We ended up going about 33, 34 minutes. And by the end of it, he'd been doing so much media. I've been talking to so many people about Mar-a-Lago, the raid, and all that stuff, that by the end of it, his voice was pretty shot. But he's always so gracious. He had no time to talk to you, my audience, or me that day. And uh, he ended up, and it was, this was yesterday before I did Sean's show. So uh, the fact that he gave us that time and we ended up going like 30, 35 minutes was really, really great. Always appreciate getting information directly from Rudy Giuliani. Because I think that you could complain about the guy. You don't like to hate him. He's a Trump guy. Whatever your issue is, nobody can deny if you're left, right, blue, red, doesn't matter. Nobody can deny what he did to fix New York City. And New York City has gone just to pot since his day and since uh, Bloomberg, who actually did a pretty good job for a while until he got radicalized. But uh, we appreciate Rudy coming on. I'll put that entire interview nonstop up tonight on Rumble. Make sure you stop by Rumble.com and click on uh, right in Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S. Go and make that happen. And you'll be able to watch all the interviews. I'm going to post a lot tonight, probably seven or eight uh, different interviews tonight. Keep it here. Coming back. Joe Pags.